Welcome. This is Better Edge, a Northwestern medicine podcast for physicians. Joining me today is Dr. Richard Wondering. He's a pulmonologist and a professor of medicine in the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care. And he's the medical director of Northwestern Memorial's Medical Intensive Care Unit. And he's also a leading expert in pneumonia. And today we're talking about the connection between pneumonia and the novel coronavirus COVID-19. Dr. Wondering, thank you for joining us. Give us a brief history of coronaviruses in general, and how is COVID-19 different from the other versions of the virus we've seen before? So the coronaviruses have actually been around for a while. Um, Probably did not recognize them uh, until two things. One is the SARS epidemic, which was the first of the uh, really dangerous kinds of infections uh, with coronaviruses. And then after that, um, we found that there are other coronaviruses that are circulating that actually cause uh, adult respiratory diseases. Um, and we actually, uh, Northwestern Memorial Hospital, uh, participated in a CDC study uh, looking at the epidemiology and, and causes of pneumonia. And we actually found coronaviruses caused a fair number uh, in adults. And these are circulating viruses. They tend to have a seasonal pattern. So uh, often in the winter, uh, I have um, recently been attending and seeing patients uh, in the ICU. And in a week, we had six different patients with coronavirus, none of them COVID-19. So the the big difference is with both SARS and COVID-19, they attach to cells in a different manner than the other coronaviruses. So um, all viruses kind of need something on the cell to attach to, to to actually uh, invade the cell, cause infection, take over the machinery of the cell to reproduce more viruses. And so the what the SARS viruses um, use is a um, cell marker that is fairly specific for lower respiratory tract, uh, or at least little bit more than some of the other um, attachment points for other viruses. And so that's why we're seeing more severe lower respiratory tract infections uh, with the SARS viruses than with the other coronaviruses. And and so the COVID-19 is similar to the SARS virus. Uh, In fact, the the technical name for the virus um, is actually uh, SARS coronavirus type 2, versus the what we typically call the SARS virus, which is the number one. Uh, and they're, they're different uh, coronavirus class than all of the others that routinely circulate. Well, thank you for that comprehensive answer. So tell us about your multi-omics study. To understand the factors in the host that determine the susceptibility to pneumonia and how it relates to understanding who's going to develop pneumonia from viruses like COVID-19. Yeah, so we have a study that is based on um, what, what we've seen more with bacterial pneumonia, that uh, there's this idea that if you have a bacterial pneumonia and you give antibiotics, well, you're cured and, and we can take care of that. What we 
actually know from from research is um, that many patients don't fully recover. They don't look they, they look like they're persistently infected, um, and and don't return to what would be their normal state. And so we have this study called the Scripps study, studying successful clinical response in pneumonia treatment. And, and our idea there is looking at how the you know, what what factors predict that you don't have a good recovery from from bacterial pneumonia. And so um, we're trying to find out is it this uh, that the actual bacteria persists? Do they develop resistance to our antibiotics? Uh, do they have particular virulence factors that make them harder to get rid of? Another possibility is that we, we now know that there's a normal bacterial flora in, in the lungs. We used to think they were sterile, but now we know that they're not. And, and so treating our, with our antibiotics may change that microbiome into something that fosters further infections or reinfections or, or just changes um, in that normal flora that uh, cause just persistent inflammation in, in patients looking like they're failing treatment. Or the, the bacterial pneumonia may initiate this response the, in the body, in the host, that then gets perpetuated, that, that you start this, in, this inflammation that's important to control the infection, but it becomes kind of a runaway train and, and nothing to put the brakes on, nothing to stop it. So that's the kind of concept behind our study, looking at bacterial pneumonia, especially serious bacterial pneumonia. And what we're seeing is that this kind of phenomenon is actually happening with viruses as well. We clearly see it with influenza virus. We think we'll probably see that with, with the uh, COVID-19 virus and, and uh, is one of the theories for why patients don't do well um, with, with either of these serious viruses. Well, then, Dr. Wonderink, a really curious question is then, why does a virus like COVID-19 cause mild symptoms in some and even life-threatening symptoms such as pneumonia in others? So are we relating your research back to COVID-19? Why does a virus like this cause a cold in some and kill others? Yeah, so I, I think if we knew the answer to that, I'd probably be looking at a Nobel Prize. Uh, but this is actually something that we have seen and known for a long time. The same thing is true for influenza. We've, we, we have millions of cases of influenza every year, and yet it's actually the small minority that actually get serious problems and an even smaller number that get to the ICU and get on breathing machines. And so I think it's the same um, with COVID-19. I think there's probably some genetic differences between people. Um, in, in fact, that's probably the most likely explanation. We do know that um, so the receptor that, that COVID-19 attaches to, there are differences, uh, genetic differences in, in that receptor and in the whole um, pathway that, that is involved with that receptor. And, and they have been associated with risk of ARDS. And so most likely this difference between some has to do with with just your genetic makeup and and how you respond to those kind of viruses 
we, we clearly know that you can alter that. So immunocompromised patients are are more susceptible to these viruses, have less uh, ability to respond and control them. Um, and, and I think that another big research project that our division is doing is trying to understand the, the whole process of aging. And so we see in, in all kinds of pneumonia, but particularly in viral pneumonias like SARS and, and uh, influenza, that the elderly uh, are more likely to get severe disease, more likely to die. Uh, and, and there is some sense of waning of your ability to fight infections with time. So it's probably a combination of of uh, genetic susceptibility, uh, underlying disease, and then um, then aging that uh, is having this kind of multifaceted role. Well, then along those lines, Dr. Wondering, there have been a number of deaths from the coronavirus among doctors who are young and, as far as we know, otherwise healthy. Is this reframing who we thought was at risk? So I don't think it really does. I think we, we know that adults... Are susceptible. The, the really interesting thing about COVID-19 is, is it doesn't appear to be such a severe disease in children. And, and you know, there's a lot of interest in why that uh, is occurring. But ever since the beginning, there, there have been deaths in younger people. I think a lot of this has to do with some of the underlying diseases, issues with getting older and in your immune system getting older make it a higher probability of dying and, and getting severe illness but but it has been occurring in younger people as well so it, it really fits the epidemiology same thing with the original SARS virus it it, it clearly affected um, younger people I think one of the things that you might be seeing is that who, who's going to be first exposed um, it's going to tend to be the healthcare workers, and this is this is one of the problems with the epidemic like this, is that healthcare workers kind of get exposed before we know what's going on, and may therefore not take protective actions, may get a higher inoculum, uh, in a variety of things. So um, it, it does occur in, in younger people. It does occur in healthcare workers, and in just in general, healthcare workers are younger. Um, so I think that that's just more of a uh, epidemiologic issue than that younger people are more or less uh, susceptible. So what is the recommended treatment plan for patients who develop pneumonia or severe respiratory illness from COVID-19? What are you seeing happening for these patients? And do you have any brief recommendations for healthcare settings as far as protection for their healthcare workers. Yeah, so the the treatment of COVID-19 disease right now is is purely supportive. Uh, there are a large number of clinical trials um, that have been done in China and, and being done in the U.S. and other places around the world. Um, there's some reports that are we're hearing that some of these studies are done and the reports may come out soon. Uh, but right now, the main thing is supportive of trying to uh, get them through the period of time, particularly uh, their respiratory failure, um, to where their body can, can take care of the virus on its own. Um, 
we we do think that there are some things that we can do to avoid making it worse. So there's a tendency to give corticosteroids. Most of the information coming out is is that that's probably not going to be of benefit, may actually harm um, and predispose to other infections. Um, it's it's not clear that giving lots of antibiotics is going to be beneficial, and so uh, one of the things we that ties very much into our, our uh, research project on multi-omics of, of pneumonias to make an accurate diagnosis of pneumonia so that you use the antibiotics when you need it, but don't be using lots of antibiotics when, when it's not really needed. Our hope is that we can get some specific treatments and or vaccination to help with this. Uh, but right now, um, it's there's nothing specifically uh, that we know that that has benefit here. So as we wrap up, how do you envision your research translating into potential therapies for pneumonia, and what else would you like other providers to know about your work or about treating patients with COVID-19, Dr. Wondering? So I think that uh, the, what our research is hoping to do is to help us to understand what goes wrong when you do everything right. You know, when you've got the right antibiotics, when when you feel like you've got an accurate diagnosis, and yet uh, patients don't seem to get better. I think that once we get some antivirals, uh, I mean, we we know that for influenza where we do have antivirals, there are still patients who, despite the antivirals, don't get completely better. And so we're trying to understand what that is. Uh, Is it the host? Is it that the the antibiotics are ineffective, or is this something that uh, we can intervene on? And that's that's where some of this multi-omics approach of looking at, you know, what what genes are turned on or off in specific cell types, or the microbiome, uh, and what what antibiotics may disrupt the microbiome more, uh, will help us to to uh, understand this phenomenon better in the in the future. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wondering, for coming on and sharing your expertise because this is something that other providers are really investigating now and everybody has questions. So thank you for coming on and telling us about your research. That wraps up this episode of Better Edge, a Northwestern medicine podcast for physicians. To refer your patient or for more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit our website at nm.org to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Northwestern Medicine podcasts. For more health tips and updates, please follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole.